Welcome to Green and Gold Forever. I'm Eric Drews, broadcasting from Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and we'll be joined shortly here by Matt McLean out in Eau Claire. And we are on the eve of the 2013 NFL regular season, and it will begin for the Green and Gold where it ended in 2012, and that's at Candlestick Park or whatever it's called now to take on the defending NFC champion San Francisco 49ers. So that will be a large part of the focus of our podcast. And if any of you listen to our delayed podcast that we had recorded earlier in the preseason that we posted earlier this week, um, we made our division winner and playoff team picks, and we will uh, t- today share what we think will happen in the actual playoffs uh, once the games are actually, um, or once those teams that we predict to make the playoffs actually square off. Uh, so with that said, we'll bring Matt in here, and right now we're doing the rare Saturday podcast, and the Badgers are playing. I'm watching it on the Big Ten to Go app on my phone here right in front of me, and um, the big thing, I think, coming out of this game is the alternate uniforms of the Badgers, and Matt, have you seen them? Are you watching the game, and what do you think of them? I have. I've been flipping back and forth between that and the Miami-Florida game, and it looks like the Badgers just scored right now. But um, Oh, shoot. Spoiler alert, dude. I'm on the app. It's way behind. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if they were going to uh, completely mimic Indiana football, oh. they did a great job. They look exactly <laughs> like Indiana for whatever reason they decided to do that. But That's exactly what I thought when I yeah. saw it. I'm like, gosh, they look like Indiana. They look like they're a bad team all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. The, the, the white helmet stands out. It makes them look like a, a good team. It has an elegant look. We, now we look like Indiana or... Uh, you know, some other, one of them crappy kind of... T- I thought Indiana ripped somebody's unis off when they did this latest redesign, but now I can't remember. Yeah, kind of temple-ish, too. Yeah, they oh, temple, not, that's who I was thinking of. Not great. Yeah. Well, speaking of not great, the 2013 preseason of the Green Bay Packers certainly would qualify uh, in that category. Just, uh, quite frankly, a pathetic performance by the Packers, almost from wall-to-wall, uh, part of it had to do with how limited uh, time the starters actually got to play. Some of it had to do with how bad our quarterback situation is, which has been completely revamped in the in the days since our latest game. But uh, this last game, the worst of the bunch losing to Kansas City, our backups losing to Kansas City's backups, 30 to eight, I believe the final score was. I watched it uh, in Spanish with the two play behind radio broadcast uh, kind of in the background, so probably one of the worst Packers viewing experiences I've ever had in my life, and the team made it even worse. So I guess, Matt, now that the uh, preseason's over, do you have any overall thoughts about it? I, I mean, I guess I'm not quite as uh, as worried as I think a lot of people who are asking me about and everything. You know, they went one and three. To me, it's not. it has been that big of a deal. I mean, obviously our backups haven't looked as great as you would hope, but at the same time, when our when our starters have been in, they've been sharp, and that's kind of been different from you know the last year or so with, with Aaron Rodgers, who didn't look great all through the preseason last year. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm actually feeling pretty good. I think our defense might actually be a little bit better this year, honestly. But it stinks to lose three games, and it sucks to get destroyed by the Chiefs. But again, <laughs> it's it's your backups, and it's it's again it's the preseason. So and our quarterback play was just so bad that really when Rodgers wasn't in there, we didn't really have much of a chance to score any points yeah that that quarterback situation was horrible and I've never seen a team completely destroy their backup quarterback situation on the eve of the season like the Packers have this year Uh, just got rid of everybody including uh, Vince Young who I thought he played good at times but uh, in in the Kansas City game he'd have some nice throws down the sideline and then he'd overthrow a screen pass 
Right. And so, I, I mean, I can understand what they're thinking. Maybe it was a little bit of a shock, but um, they brought in two guys, one on the practice squad, ex-Badger Scott Tolzien, and another guy who I can't understand why he's in the league, Brooks Bollinger's in the league, but John Stocko never got a chance. Um, maybe i got to go back and watch some of those old Badger games because maybe I'm missing something. I always thought Stocko was better than a lot of these guys, and mm-hmm. he's getting the chance. And um, Seneca Wallace, who will be the featured backup you'd have to expect uh, to Aaron Rodgers. So what are your thoughts on those moves? Yeah, I mean, kind of strange. I was a little surprised when they cut Vince Young. Obviously, he hasn't been great this preseason, but I thought he was probably our best option. And, um, you know, but Seneca Wallace is kind of a similar player, but it might be a little bit better passer. Mm-hmm. So I guess you can't really complain. There there wasn't much out there. All of the guys that we had kind of talked about in that last crossfire with all those college players, Leinert, Quinn, <laughs> and Vince Young were all available at you know for us there. Mm-hmm. But because uh, they had all gotten cut. There was a, a lot of similar players like that that were out there and available. So really Seneca Wallace might have been pretty much the best option available. Um, he was out of football last year, which is kind of a scary thought, but he's always been solid. He had to start some games for the Seahawks back, uh, I think it was like 2008 when Hasselbeck mm-hmm. was hurt. So, and, and he hasn't, he's always played pretty well. He's never had more interceptions than touchdowns and in, in any season, even when he hasn't played much. So, I guess if he's as much of a game manager who can make a few things happen with his feet, and um, I, I guess I'm, I'm okay with it. There, there's really no better options, I don't think. Yeah, I agree. And if they were going to go token great college quarterback route, they should have gone with Jason White. I'm sure he's out there doing something. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, yeah. Uh, with uh, his rubber band ACLs. But um, I think I, I kind of agree with you. Seneca Wallace is probably a better passer than Vince Young. And um, I mean, Vince Young, almost all the major plays he made in the preseason were with his legs. Uh, he had some decent balls down the sidelines against Kansas City, but I just don't think there was a trust factor that this guy could actually run your offense week in and week out. And I think when you have a player like Aaron Rodgers and the talent level of the team might not be quite that high, you almost have to play your worst-case scenario and not convince Young win us the game if Aaron misses the fourth quarter, but convince Young win us two or three starts if he has to. And, and I think I feel more comfortable that Seneca Wallace could do that more so than Vince Young. I don't know about you in that regard. Yeah, I I think so. I mean, this is a guy who's been competing for starting jobs for the last three or four years, you know, minus last year in Cleveland. So I I, I guess I feel okay, kind of comfortable that he could at least maybe step in. He kind of mirrors Aaron Rodgers maybe a little bit closer than Vince Young did, so maybe that helps the offense a little bit, Mm -hmm. that uh, you at least have kind of a similar type player. He's probably a little bit more mobile and obviously, you know, leagues behind Aaron Rodgers in terms of his passing ability, but at least a little bit more similar type player and they can kind of run the offense the same way with him in there as opposed to Vince Young, who's just a really inaccurate quarterback. Yeah, and if you're looking for somebody that's just like Aaron Rodgers, you almost wonder what it would take to get Matt Flynn back since evidently this guy just can't win a starting job no matter how hard he tries. Um, If you can't start for Oakland, um, Mm -hmm. I I know they really like Terrell Pryor, but it sounds like he might have gotten beat out by an undrafted free agent or a seventh-round pick who a lot of people in camp like. I forgot his name. They were talking about him on the Jim Rome show. I didn't hear that. Oh, I know they they drafted a Tyler. Was it Tyler Wilson? Uh, That could be it. Because I remember coming into the preseason, there was talk that he and Tyler Wilson would be competing for the starting job, and that he might again get beat out by a rookie Wilson. So maybe that's who that was. But so yeah. he might be third on their depth chart, huh? Yeah, that's what it was sounding like. And um, well, now it says they cut Tyler Wilson. I don't know what oh. the hell's going on in Oakland. Um, Jim Plunkett <laughs> is going to start this weekend, I think. 
Okay, the other cuts that the Packers had, I guess none of them really stood out all that much. Alex Green, DJ Williams, those were somewhat surprising to me. Uh, none of the other names really even uh, are ones that I recognize. Uh, Andrew Datko, I, I believe, was a uh, was drafted, so he's a draft pick, but I think he was late. And so um, the the ones that kind of bothered me were the two receivers that we got this year of Charles Johnson and Miles White, both of which have been uh, subsequently signed to the practice squad. So uh, other than maybe the uh, – I guess there's only three really big names on there. Do you feel like that's a major loss losing either Vince Young, Alex Green, or DJ Williams? No, not at all. And I think that these guys kind of run their course, especially in the terms of DJ Williams and uh, Alex Green. I think we we had high hopes for both these guys coming and just never really panned out. And mm-hmm. DJ Williams just looked miserable this preseason, so not a big surprise there. Um, a couple of ones that I was kind of surprised by, and you said that uh, Miles White and um, also, uh, what's the other receiver's name? Charles, Charles Johnson. Johnson mm-hmm. were signed to the practice squad. I was kind of surprised that Tyrone Walker didn't get a spot there because he seemed to be, unless he got claimed, he seemed to uh, be somebody they really liked and made a lot of nice plays in the preseason. So um, I was kind of surprised about that one a little bit. And uh, other than that, the only other one that really surprised me at all was Desmond Moses because he, oh, had, yeah, that's right. he had played pretty well last preseason and and he had some spot duty last year. So I was kind of surprised to see him go, especially with how thin we seem to be at linebacker. But mm-hmm. must have just got beaten out. Yeah, and uh, he must have not made the list I have here because I had forgotten that he got cut. Uh, I did uh, remember hearing that after the fact, but... Um, yeah, kind of a surprise. He, he seemed like a good utility guy, but then again, you probably add two or three Desmond Moseses every year when right. you're looking for guys who can just do stuff for you in a pinch. So um, I guess not a huge loss. Uh, he seemed like he had some upside to sound like a guy who's just using buzzwords, but um, I, I don't know. I, I feel like you could probably replace him pretty easily with one of the new guys we got. Yeah. Alex Green uh, led the team in rushing last year, actually, with uh, 464 yards, but it uh, was on 135 carries, so uh, that's 38 yards a game, 3.4 yards per attempt. Uh, So not a huge loss, I don't think. It seems like they gave him a ton of opportunities, uh, especially last year, to kind of make something. He was always either hurt, and honestly, when he was in there, he never was really uh, very good. He was supposed to be kind of a speed back who could do things for you, and very rarely did he even... You know, break beyond the you know five yards down the field. Yeah, he had his chances. So I I think we've uh, we've seen what his abilities are, and I think what we have now is better. And I did just see as well Tyron Walker signed with the Seattle Seahawks to their practice squad. So um, it's at least nice to see these guys make a team. I guess if they get cut, if they played well in the preseason. So well, no doubt he'll be quite a douche in a couple of weeks. <laughs> But anyways, uh, the Packers preseason is over. We now have our uh, 53-man team, and I extensively covered the Packers preseason history and how it may or may not correlate to their regular season success in one of our preseason podcasts last year. Uh, I just opened that. I had that still on my computer, so I just wanted to take a look at it. The Packers, with their two wins last year in the preseason, uh, contributed to that same trend where that the Packers tend to do better in the regular season the more preseason games they win. Uh, in the past, This is covering the past 35 seasons since the 16-game schedule, um, four-game preseason schedule has been instituted. The Packers, when they win three or more preseason games, average 10.5 wins, uh, two preseason wins, 9.2 wins in the regular season, and if they have one, uh, they tend to only win about 7.3. So this team would fall under that. Only two of the 
11 teams to ever finish uh, one and three or one and four in the preseason in Packers history have made the playoffs, that being in 93 and uh, 2004. Uh, so the average record of that team is seven and nine, which here's a weird fun fact for you, Matt. The Packers have ever uh, never actually finished seven and nine. Huh, that is quite strange. <laughs> it's, it's very uh, weird, but I don't know how much stock you take in that, but uh, maybe, if anything, it reveals that uh, comparatively to some of the other Packer teams that the overall talent level on this team is not as as, as good as it has been in in years past. Yeah, I, I can kind of see that. I, I don't think we're going to finish at seven wins this year, that's for sure, or you know, seven or eight. I think we'll definitely be higher than that. But, I, I mean, I think it largely, to me, it speaks to the difference in the quarterbacks that we've had on the roster. I mean, you think back to 93, we probably had Brunel, Ty Detmer mm-hmm. at that mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you go back to 2004, um, that was post-Hasselbeck, obviously. But Tim um, Couch was in camp that year. Oh, man, so maybe that wasn't a great year for quarterbacks either. But, I mean, it's it's hard to win a preseason game if you can't pass or if you don't have a yeah. quarterback who can function. So I guess, again, with the wins, I'm not terribly concerned about it. We're definitely going to get more than eight wins this year. But uh, you know, it, it is a I don't know bit, if I would. I don't know if I would say that as confidently as you did, honestly. You really think that there's a chance that they could go 500? Absolutely, absolutely. With that road schedule, they could go two and six on the road this year, and then they have to be almost perfect at home to even get to nine or ten wins. So, I mean, we could talk about that later in the show. I, I didn't mean to, to cut you off there, but yeah, come on. I I don't know if I'm. Uh, I don't. I am. Uh, very weary of what could happen this year. So I could just stop the show dead in the tracks with my doubts there, but um, let's let's move on. I guess the the Packers preseason, uh, obviously, uh, the quarterback point's a great one though, because looking at these records here, most of your three win teams in the history of the franchise are uh, seventy. Well, all of them. Uh, 79-81, uh, Those years we had both Lynn Dickey and we had uh, David Whitehurst who. Uh, was not a great quarterback, but certainly one of your top half backup quarterbacks. And then the other ones, other than 89, which uh, was a little bit in the middle there, you had 94, 5, 6, 2002, 2009, and uh, 2011. And in all of those, 94 and uh, 95, you had Brunell and Detmer. 96, Doug Peterson and Jim McMahon both played very well. And then in uh, 2002, you had uh, Craig Knoll, who everybody knows is the best player in the history of preseason, other than maybe Hasselbeck. And 09 and 11, you had either uh, you had Rodgers and Flynn. So if you have a good backup quarterback, you're probably going to rack up quite a preseason uh, history. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's the key, I think. I mean, defensive players, everybody's defensive backups, I think, are kind of a wash, really. I mean, you have teams with really good backups. We had a pretty good backup secondary this year. And, uh, but I mean, like teams like Seattle that are just extremely deep, but really it comes down to, you know, backup running backs and backup quarterbacks, and if you can actually score, and we just we can't. Ours, so. <laughs> that's, that's true. Okay, well, let's uh, quit beating around the bush, especially since we uh, reached a point of contention a little bit. Let's get to the interesting stuff here, and let's start talking about this Sunday's game against the San Francisco 49ers. Last year really swung the pendulum in the favor of the 49ers, it seemed like. The Packers had dominated them for a decade and a half in their series, and last year the 49ers defeated the Packers on the first game of the season and the last game of the season for the Packers in quite convincing fashion. One with Alex Smith at Lambeau Field and one with Colin Kaepernick at uh, Candlestick Park. And before we get into our thoughts about what's going to happen in this game, the biggest story coming out about this game is Clay Matthews' comments on Mike and Mike in the Morning this past week that he... 
uh, and the Packers have spoken with the referees in the NFL and that if Colin Kaepernick is faking uh, to run or if he's crouched trying to deceive the defense into thinking that he's running, he forfeits his protective rights as a quarterback and he is allowed to be hit and uh, tackled as if he was a running back faking a play action. So basically no protection whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And Clay Matthews made the comment that he thought that the Packers needed to take their shots and that Colin Kaepernick is too important to their offense so that if they continue to, to hit him, that uh, they'll likely stop running the read option and run more of a traditional pro-style offense. And, of course, Jim Harbaugh, being the baby that he is, already was crying about it, saying that's targeting, that's a bounty system. And uh, Clay got dangerously close to that we're going to try to hurt him level when he was talking, but um, I think a little bit of an overreaction on Jim Harbaugh's part. But um, I guess a couple of questions, Matt. Do you think Clay should have said anything at all? And as far as... Jim Harbaugh's reaction, do you think it was appropriate? And lastly, do you think that that strategy will work on Colin Kaepernick? Well, I don't think Clay should have said anything. I don't think it should be too much of a surprise, because, I mean, people have been saying this since the beginning of last year, that this is what you have to do to beat this type of an offense. But for him to come out and say that and saying that that's their game plan, you know, Harbaugh can maybe do some things to kind of negate that a little bit. Um, coming into the game rather than having to adjust if, if Kaepernick's getting hit a little bit. He'll be prepared now. Um, yeah, I, Harbaugh definitely overreacted. Um, I, we've been hearing things about this since the playoffs last year. you got to hit the quarterback. And that's the thing that kind of made me laugh a little bit here is that they couldn't touch the guy in the divisional round last year. <laughs> you got to at least get to him to be able to hit him, and they couldn't do it. So it, they were not even in position to get hits on him last year. Yeah. So if they run the same type of offense and the Packers are as ill-prepared as they were then, you're not going to get hits on him if you can't get to him. He's just going to burn the defense again. So it's obviously the game plan, but I don't think it's it's a new game plan. People have been trying to do this for you know since this became popular again last year. So I um, I would love to see him do it, and if they can pull it off, great, because that'll work. But I just I don't have a whole lot of confidence that they can actually do that. <laughs> yeah, and that your point is is the same one I was going to make as well. Is it's easy to say let's put the hits on him, but what was it, of his 181 rushing yards, weren't like 179 without contact? Yeah, just wide open runs. Yeah, it, it's just completely ridiculous. So I, I mean, it's one thing to say it, but they've shown no ability to be able to do it. And um, I think it's a, it can work as a strategy to slow down the read option. But quite frankly, I'm not so sure that the 49ers running a pocket offense couldn't beat this Packer team. With, with their offense. Um, Colin Kaepernick showed in the NFC Championship game that if he has to step back and throw, he's pretty capable at it too. Second half of the Super Bowl as well. Uh, they ran some read option stuff, but they really started getting back in the game with him passing the football. So I think they can do it, and the Packers' secondary is not anything to really be intimidating to other teams. So I, I think that I'm almost expecting Jim Harbaugh to say, okay, fine, you want to threaten my quarterback and my crazed mind, then I'm just going to run a pocket-style offense and I'm going to beat you anyways. And I'm not so sure that won't happen. Yeah, and I think he could, too. And it's kind of strange because, I mean, in the preseason this year against Russell Wilson in Seattle and even in the regular season, we we really held that offense in check. Um, and maybe that's a good sign that this preseason they picked off Wilson a couple of times. I don't know what the difference is. I think he's just as good of a passer as Kaepernick. He doesn't have quite that top-end speed. Maybe that's the difference. He can't run for 181 yards on us, but... I, I don't know. It's weird how we match up so well against them, it seems, but just get destroyed by San Francisco. <laughs> it, 
but uh, but I agree. I think that if he comes goes back to pass, that he's got just as good of a chance of beating us as he does with his legs. The mm-hmm. the only thing that I think is a positive to that is I don't think San Francisco has great receivers right now, especially with Crabtree out. So I think that might be one thing that we can kind of neutralize a little better. If he tries to run on us, I don't know if we can stop that, but I feel like we might at least have a chance to stop uh, you know their their passing game because they don't have a ton of targets right now. Yeah, that's a good point. And also, uh, being a young quarterback, I mean, people forget Colin Kaepernick will make his, what, his 10th or 11th career start tomorrow. So he's certainly a young quarterback, and he had the fewest snaps of a uh, starter from last year uh, running the first-team offense. Uh, The second fewest was Aaron Rodgers. And if the Packers are going to win tomorrow, they're going to have to have a really big game out of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he's going to be working with Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb at full capacity for the first time in a game situation in 2013. We're going to have uh, Eddie Lacy having his debut. Uh, James Starks playing. This might be... James Starks has been on the team for what? This is his fourth year. This is probably only his first... Uh, no, I think it's his second actual start of the season because the other two he started hurt. So uh, a lot of new kind of... New old pieces. They, they've been all around forever, but they haven't played together in a meaningful game, uh, never with Lacey and with the rest of them, not in nine months. So it'll be interesting to see how that all goes together. And Aaron Rodgers didn't play poorly in either of those 49er games, but he kind of played about as bad of a game as you get out of Aaron Rodgers, where he's can't drive the ball down the field, and then he turns overly conservative, takes a lot of sacks, throws a lot of checkdowns, and that's, I think, what we saw out of Rodgers twice last year. He also had two pretty bad interceptions, one in each game. So what do you expect out of this offense tomorrow, and do you think they'll be able to put enough pressure on San Francisco and uh, steal one? I, I definitely think there's a chance that they could come out of this victorious. I think they should definitely be the underdogs, but I'm, you know, I'm just hoping that this offense is prepared to face this defense. I'm just... I just get scared to death when they play San Francisco because of Alden Smith and the pass rush that they put on us, and we just can't really stop that. So I, I'm, I'm obviously concerned that Rodgers is going to take some shots and just won't even have enough time to, to get the ball off. So yeah. the San Francisco defense is threatening. That if they have one weakness, it's their secondary, it's their corners. That was exposed a little bit in the Super Bowl. But if he doesn't, if Rodgers doesn't have time to throw it, it's impossible to expose that. And he's just going to, like you said, be throwing checkdowns and things like that to Finley. So you you don't even get a chance to go after those corners. But, you know, if they can get some, some decent blocking up front, if maybe uh, – you know, Starks and Lacey can help pick up the blitz a little bit and give Rodgers some time. I mean, when you have Rodgers, you always have a chance. So I would definitely say that there's a they have a shot to win tomorrow and, and um, you know, hope they come out firing with a good game plan because they've obviously not played well against this team two times in a row. Yeah, and I, I think you definitely have a chance uh, with Aaron Rodgers. Um, and you're, you're right. Hopefully maybe Eddie Lacey can provide kind of a different sort of game because mm-hmm. – I'm trying to get his numbers up here, but in the playoff game, before it got out of hand uh, on the defensive side of the ball, it felt like DeWan Harris was having a pretty good game, and they were effectively running the football. Um, Only 104 yards rushing uh, against the 49ers last year, but um, I'm not sure they even had that many attempts, to be all that honest. Um, Only 16 attempts to get 104 yards, so that's certainly not too bad, and then uh, the 49ers were scoring at will, so they kind of had to abandon that in the second half. But maybe Eddie Lacy can uh, provide some balance, and then it'll allow Aaron Rodgers to go downfield. But, gosh, games like these are, are just the ones where 
I mean, I mean, they're tough. They're tough for all good quarterbacks. I mean, these these were the kind of Tampa Bay kind of games where Favre would throw four picks. Where um, you're you're never worried Rodgers will throw four picks, but he has his version of that game, whereas he'll take six sacks and he'll throw the ball away on third down and seven. You know what I mean? Um, it's kind of these are the kind of matchups that mess with him, and he's never going to make that mistake. But at the same point, he's if you never make a mistake, the only way to do it against some of these bad defenses is to never throw the ball. And I feel like he gets into that sometimes when he feels pressed or or whatnot. So I think we do have a chance. If Eddie Lacy has a big game, they certainly could win this one. But uh, it's it's going to be tough if that defense is not able to shut Kaepernick down. And, and I don't mean just like contain him, because they scored 45 points. You could contain him better than you did last year and still allow 30. So they're going to have to cut that score in half at least I think for the Packers to have a realistic chance to win tomorrow right I mean I think if the defense can hold the Niners to 28 points we might even still have a chance and I know scoring more than 28 is a task against this defense but mm-hmm. you know like you said maybe Lacey just being a little bit more threat makes them have another guy in the box that you know has to try to account for him just because he's he's more of a threat back there I think than anybody we've had in a while even though nobody really knows what to expect because we haven't seen much from him but Mm -hmm. maybe it's just you know another guy San Francisco's a little bit worried about so I think if the defense can hold San Francisco to you know three or four touchdowns I think we definitely got a shot oh man that's the case that the Packers with Reggie White and Ray Nitschke in their history are worried about trying to hold a team to 28 points. It's <laughs> oh, a sad thought. <laughs> um, well, okay, let's. Uh, we've kind of analyzed both sides of the ball. I think neither of us think that Mason Crosby is going to contribute anything. Um, nope. <laughs> so we don't have to talk about that. Let's stop beating around the bush. What do you think is going to happen tomorrow as far as a, a score? Well, me being the uh, the complete optimist, I'm, I'm hoping the Packers are, are completely prepared for this. They have been. I heard an analyst say yesterday that if Packers allow over 150 yards rushing from Kaepernick tomorrow, they should just completely disband the team and just oh, just start from scratch because, I mean, they've had all offseason to think about this. This is the team that they've been preparing for. This is the type of offense that they can't. They haven't been able to control, so I'm hoping they can at least slow down this offense enough with Crabtree out. Um I'm, I'm hoping they can hold them to under those four touchdowns, like I said. So I'm going to say Packers top them, uh, and I'm going to say 31-27. Okay. Um, I being the opposite of the <laughs> exactly. optimist, I don't like to do it just because it makes me uncomfortable, but I can't remember the last time I was so confident that the Packers were going to lose a game. I don't think they're going to win this game. It doesn't mean the season is over. It's week one at the defending NFC champions, a team who man for man, outside of the quarterback position and a few of and the receiver position, is more talented than us, I think, in almost every capacity. We have maybe a few brighter stars, but they have a denser galaxy than we do. So I don't see the Packers winning this game, and quite frankly, I wouldn't be surprised if they lost by 14 or more. I think um, I think Rodgers will start fast. I think they'll do some good things. They'll be able to contain Kaepernick at times. It's not going to be as bad. But I think that the 49ers are going to win, I'll say, 31-21. Okay. You, you kind of wonder what kind of mindset the Packers are in coming into this game. You know, Are they super hungry and pissed off that they've just gotten completely manhandled by this team? Mm-hmm. Or are they a little bit you know, tentative and hesitant because they know that they've just been completely manhandled and just pushed around. Mm-hmm. So it, it's going to be kind of curious to see how they come out exactly, if they come out firing or if you see, you know, Dom Capers sitting back and, 
you know, allowing Vernon Davis to just sit wide open in zones and things like that and not put any pressure on Kaepernick. So mm-hmm. I'm really, really intrigued to see, you know, how they, they game plan for this. Yeah, and you'd love to be a fly on the wall in those meetings and to hear yeah. kind of the rhetoric coming from the coaches because are they making building this up to be like the Packers' redemption story? Because if they go out there and get crushed again, it's week one. You still have to play 15 more teams. And you can't allow yourself to be psychologically destroyed because you lost week one to a team that's just might just be better than you. So Mike McCarthy's such a, a good level-headed coach that you wouldn't think that would be a problem. But you wonder if the players, especially Rodgers, who's going to have a personal vendetta with San Francisco till the day he dies, and you know. Guys don't like Harbaugh. Guys don't like Kaepernick. They've been embarrassed by him. Uh, you know, all the NFL commercials has Kaepernick weaving in between Green Bay defenders. And if they go out there and get embarrassed again, there is one other game on, and it's the Cardinals against the Rams that's going to be seen by two cities. The rest of the country is going to be watching that game. And if they get, go out there and get embarrassed again, um, I, I don't know what that's going to do going forward. And then if they, they play Washington next week, and if they can't stop the read option that week, it's going to be hard for Dom to coach that team the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, if, if we lose tomorrow, we better just pray that we don't see San Francisco in the playoffs, because if they don't win tomorrow, I don't think they're ever going to beat this San Francisco team as it is, because yeah. I, I don't know. They've had, Like I said, they've had all off season and they better have figured something out. But, mm-hmm. yeah, if, if you can't stop it this week, you're not going to stop it next week against you know any, maybe an even faster quarterback. Who's maybe hopefully a little hesitant because he's he's injured, but it's uh, it could be it could be a long season if they lose this, like you said, depending on kind of how they're hyping on hyping this up. This defense could just be crushed after tomorrow's game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, hope it doesn't happen, but um, I, I don't have a lot of confidence going into tomorrow's game. All right, um, so I I guess we kind of addressed uh, tomorrow's game. Uh, I have reservations about tomorrow's game that exist for the whole season. So I guess I'm asking you, just do you think we want to talk about what we think might happen to the Packers right now, or should we do our season or our playoff picks and then maybe talk about the Packers' overall season outlook? Sure. Why don't we start with the playoffs, I guess, first here. Okay. Um, and, and I've got mine just written down here, and I haven't even actually looked at these and predicted past who I picked for the playoffs here at all. But uh, we'll kind of just go on the – I don't even know who I think is going to be in the Super Bowl yet, so this is going to be just as interesting for me as it is for you. Well, honestly, I haven't either. I just have my list of six and six. So how yep. about we take a quick break here, and uh, we'll come back in a second. It'll probably be like an instant to you listening. But Matt and I are going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with our playoff predictions for 2013. We like sports and we don't care who knows From shooting hoops to the Super Bowl We like sports and we don't care who knows Football, football, tennis, hockey, golf The game is starting, everyone is here And welcome back, Matt and I have had a chance to deliberate And think about our picks And now we're ready to share them And we're going to stick with these till the end of the season No matter what happens So, uh, clearly these are going to be very, very wrong in a few months But we'll we'll try our best uh, right now I guess just to recap it, Matt, uh, I'll start, and then you can go after. I'm just going to list my seeds for each conference so people, if you didn't get a chance to hear the podcast where we went over these picks in depth, um, now you'll know where we stand, but you probably should. I mean, it was, it was, gosh, one of the best 45 minutes to an hour you could ever spend in your whole life. So 
In the AFC, I have the six-seeded Indianapolis Colts, the five-seed, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the fourth-best division champion, the North champion, Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the three-seed, I have the AFC East winners, the New England Patriots. The two-seed with a first-round bye, I have the AFC South champion, Houston Texans. And the number one seed, I have the AFC West champion, Denver Broncos. And in the NFC, I have the second-best wildcard team, the New Orleans Saints, the uh, fifth team, the second or the first best wildcard team, the San Francisco 49ers. The fourth best division winner, the number four seed NFC North champion Green Bay Packers. The number three seed tied in the I had them tied in the record with Green Bay, so you don't think I'm too nuts. I have the AFC East, excuse me, NFC East champion Dallas Cowboys. Uh, the two seed receiving a first round bye is the NFC South champion Atlanta Falcons, and the number one seed is the NFC West winning Seattle Seahawks. Alrighty, so I will, uh, I'll give mine real quick here as well. So, uh, in the same fashion, I have my sixth seed. I have the, uh, surprise upstart Kansas City Chiefs, which I know you disagree with that one. I've got the, uh, the Ravens at my five seed. I have the Steelers winning the North. The Broncos at the three seed, uh, winning the West. The Texans at the two winning the South. And the Patriots with the best record winning the East. Um, in the NFC, I have the Saints at six. I have the Seahawks at five. I have the Giants winning the uh, NFC East at four, the 49ers at the three spot, and uh, the Packers at two winning the North, and the Falcons at the one winning their division as well. Okay, so a little bit of a change there. I think the Florida State Seminoles might have a, a better chance to make the playoffs than the Chiefs do. You just wait, Eric. You just wait. <laughs> okay. All right, well, let's start with the AFC wild card round, and uh, I guess... We'll just go here. The three seed versus the six seed game in my bracket has the New England Patriots uh, easily defeating the Indianapolis Colts. And in the AFC other wild card game, the Pittsburgh Steelers travel to Cincinnati to get those poor fans remembering the Carson Palmer game, which, believe it or not, is already eight years ago wow. that that, that Steeler-Carson uh, Palmer game in, Can- in uh, Cincinnati. But I think this time the Cincinnati Bengals win their first playoff game in 23 years and defeat the Pittsburgh Steelers to advance. So I have New England eliminating the Colts and the Bengals eliminating Pittsburgh in the first round of the AFC playoffs. All right. Do you want me to do mine or do you want to finish off oh, the no, AFC? You, no, you can, okay. you can go. All righty. So for mine, um, I have the Broncos Chiefs at the 3-6, and I... In a classic AFC wildcard game, I have the Broncos throttling Kansas City here. Um, and then also, uh, Steelers-Ravens wildcard. We've seen this a few times. And I have the uh, the Ravens coming out on top of this again. So I, I think, I don't, you have Cincinnati here. And I'm looking at my playoffs, I'm like, ah, maybe I should have the Bengals. But I, I just don't think I'm as high on this team as everybody else. I heard I heard one analyst on ESPN say that only two teams in the AFC have a chance to win the Super Bowl. And it was either Cincinnati or Denver. And I was like, how do you get Cincinnati? I mean, they've looked terrible in the postseason the last couple of years. I know they're maturing a little bit. Maybe they'll be better, but I don't see how all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they're this elite team in the AFC, maybe just by default, I guess. I'm convinced that the people actually picking the games only watch the Red Zone channel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because yeah, they just see uh, A.J. Green catching a bunch of 60-yard touchdowns and... There's no like, way you could pick what they, what a lot of these guys are picking uh, across the divisions if you actually watch the teams. That are involved, and I think uh, one of the poster boys for that um, we will talk about after this. <laughs> but um, let's go. Should we stay in the AFC or go to the NFC? 
Oh, we um, might as well just finish up the AFC, I think. Okay, in the divisional round, we have a rematch of last year's stellar playoff matchup of the New England Patriots against the Houston Texans, and this time in Houston, I think the Patriots still win. And they'll go to the AFC Championship game, and the Cincinnati Bengals will head out to Denver, and I think they just don't have enough firepower to compete with Denver in Denver. So in the AFC Championship game, I have New England traveling to Invesco Field at Mile High, or it's not called that anymore, Um, something corporate.com at Mile High. And uh, that's where they'll play, Peyton versus Tom Brady. Alrighty, and I have a very similar finish here, but I have the Patriots um, at home against Baltimore, and I have the Patriots winning that game. And then my other divisional round game, I have Texans-Broncos. And I'm very tempted, actually, to have the Texans go on a little bit of a run here just because I think they're real well-balanced, and I think they're kind of flying on, under the radar right now. Nobody seems to be talking about them for some reason. Um, but I think the Broncos are just too much offensively for them. So, uh, and, and I have a good game here in a shootout, but I think the Broncos and Patriots will meet in the AFC Championship game. The only way I see Houston going on a run is if they somehow can play Cincinnati all three games, <laughs> and then they'll get to the Super Bowl. Um, I don't know. I think they're a good team, but I, I just, it feels like um, I just can't trust Matt Schaub. And yeah. I, I mean, that team seems balanced, but I, I just can't ignore the fact that last year, every time they played even a halfway decent team, I mean, they got just pulverized. Yep. The the Packers and uh, Patriots beat them like they were a FCS team, and the Vikings even went in there and killed them. Mm-hmm. So um, I can't get those losses out of my head for some reason. All right, let's go on to the NF or oh, oh, let's stay in the AFC. In the AFC Championship game, I have Tom Brady at Peyton Manning, and it makes me think that somehow both of these teams should end up choking in this game the way they've played in the playoffs right. the last few years. But I think I'll pick Denver as the home team. I think it would be like a turnover-laden game. I just think that Denver being at home would be able to to win a sloppy, close matchup in the AFC title game. Sure, yeah, and obviously that's the same game that I have, except mine is in New England um, for mine. I have a, I also have the Broncos winning this game. I think just the factor is I think the Broncos' defense is probably a little bit better, and mm-hmm. I think that uh, Peyton Manning's weapons are a little bit better. So I think that that's the that's the decisive factor here. Uh, you know, it's kind of strange to think that Tom Brady, you know, is, a, is kind of a playoff choker, but both of these quarterbacks kind of have been. Mm-hmm. Um, Brady more so the last five or six years, but it's kind of been throughout Peyton's entire history in the league. So yeah. you're right, maybe this is just a complete debacle of a game between two elite quarterbacks. <laughs> you never know, but somebody's just trying to lose it. But somebody's got to win, and I think Denver's the better team. Yeah, and it it really is strange, whereas Peyton Manning kind of, well, I, I don't know, maybe he kind of paved the way for Tom Brady, and they're both the, and Aaron Rodgers kind of has that too, but they have the Steve Young style playoff uh, collapses where they're not Brett Favre, where they're just horrible. Or, um, you know, Jim Kelly, another Hall of Famer who was great, but then would just be atrocious and lose the game, turning the ball over five times, six times. That's how Brett Favre was. People remember those games because he went down in a blaze of glory. Or, uh, well, not a blaze of glory, a blaze of, you know, embarrassment, whatever. But... Brady the last five years, and Peyton Manning almost his whole career, has been very Steve Young-like in that nobody remembers any of Steve Young's playoff losses because nothing dramatic happened. He just played half as good as he does during the regular season, couldn't convert on third down, couldn't throw any deep passes, couldn't escape the pass rush, and his team gets pulverized, and nobody remembers it's Steve Young's uh, fault because he never made that big famous mistake. He just put up a 75 quarterback rating instead of his typical 95, and 
we've seen that repeatedly from Brady. It doesn't even seem like he's playing bad, and then the game's right. over, and they have 13 points. Yeah, it's bizarre. I mean, he keeps seeming to do this almost every year. He'll just have this one game where all of a sudden he can't do anything. And, you know, that Ravens defense wasn't great last year, but they just completely shut him down. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's it's strange how that seems to happen, and it seems like teams can't stop him at all in the regular season, and all of a sudden he gets to the postseason, and he just has these one this one game where he just can't move the ball, and Payton's been kind of similar, too. So mm-hmm. it's it's really strange. And, I mean, after Tom Brady's start to his career, he you know, seemed to be one of the most clutch players, you know, in history. Every, he was going to go down that way, but things are starting to sway the other direction a little bit. <laughs> yeah, Eli Manning single-handedly destroyed uh, Peyton or uh, you, ugh, Tom, Brady. Tom Brady's legacy. Yeah, <laughs> um, he people were talking about him like he was better than Joe Montana in 2005, mm-hmm. and now nobody says that anymore. Let's go to the NFC and see who will play the Denver Broncos in the Super Bowl. We'll see if uh, Matt and I have a similar. Excuse me, a similar idea about what's going to happen. In the 3-6 game, I have the New Orleans Saints traveling to Dallas, and I think they will beat them pretty comfortably. So I have New Orleans moving on uh, in a in a shootout sort of game. And then, unfortunately, I have the 5-4 uh, game, San Francisco coming to Green Bay. And I don't think Green Bay is going to beat San Francisco on Sunday, and I don't think they will beat them if they play again in the playoffs. So I have uh, San Francisco defeating them going on to the next round. Okay, so my uh, my 3-6 three, three, game is there always seems to be one big upset in the wild card round, and I guess this is where I'm picking mine. I have 49ers Saints here, and I think uh, it's going to be another shootout similar to that divisional round game we saw a couple of years ago, but I think this time the Saints get it. I think this team's going to be a house of fire this year. They've got a tough schedule, but, I mean, if they can get into the playoffs, I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. So mm-hmm. I have the uh, the Saints here coming on top of the 49ers and knocking them out in the first round. And then I have uh, Giants-Seahawks on the other side, what should be a great game. And I have the uh, Seahawks winning that game and uh, moving on to the divisional round. Okay. Um, I'm actually just looking. I thought I was looking at the one I just made, but I have it on like a tablet pad of paper, and apparently I did actually fill it out a few weeks ago, and I must have changed my mind on the, one of these next two games. So I can't decide if I should go with the one I made back uh, that I just made or the one I went back in the uh, um, earlier in the off season. What, what do you think I should do from a, from a moral standpoint? I think you better just go with your heart. Oh, man, my heart's a, a cold, dark place. Um, okay, let's go on to the next round. I have the San Francisco 49ers in Atlanta, and I have New Orleans in Seattle. I think Seattle beats New Orleans in uh, a rematch of that great game in 2010, and I think in a rematch of the NFC Championship game, I think Atlanta wins this time. So I think Atlanta will go to Seattle in the NFC Championship game. Okay, and I have Packers Seahawks, and this would be in Green Bay, but I think, uh, unfortunately, I think Seattle comes in here and handles the Packers. Um, I think just too much defensively for Green Bay, and I, I think Russell Wilson's good enough to put up enough points, you know, for that for that team to win. So I think the Packers go out in the divisional round yet again here to Seattle, and I think on the other side here I have Atlanta and New Orleans. And uh, this has always been a great matchup, and we actually get to see this tomorrow as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Saints always seem to, for whatever reason, to just kind of have the Falcons number a lot of times. And I think that uh, it should be a good game, but I think New Orleans comes out on top here. Oh, wow. I think Drew Brees just kind of outguns Matt Ryan in this one, and what should be a pretty high-scoring game. But I have New Orleans and Seattle moving on to the NFC Championship game. Okay, so... Um... 
a lot of the same teams matching up in different rounds of our playoffs here. Um, I guess the NFL's had a lot of the same teams in the playoffs the last couple of years, so maybe that was bound to happen, but kind of interesting. Uh, my Atlanta at Seattle, I don't think there's any way Atlanta goes to Seattle and beats them, so I think Seattle, if they get home field advantage, I don't know if there's a way to keep them out of the Super Bowl, so that's kind of what I went with here. I don't necessarily think Seattle is that much better than anybody in the NFC or that they're the best team. I just think that if they get home field advantage, they're going to the Super Bowl by nature of how strong their home field advantage is, and that's why I have them beating Atlanta. Yep, and I'm in the same boat here. I have uh, Seattle and, and New Orleans, and it would actually be a home game for Seattle here, even though I have them as my five seed. Um, so I have Seattle winning uh, at home here because they don't tend to lose a whole lot at uh, in, in Seattle. So I think they move on there. And I think you're right. There's all six of the teams I have in my playoffs, and I think even a couple I left out, I wouldn't be surprised if any of them ran through the, through the playoffs and got to the Super Bowl. They all seem kind of similar and all have their strengths and weaknesses and really are, are all kind of just ready for a run so it's just whoever kind of is hitting their stride at the right times but it's hard to tell but i think i'll have seattle and denver in the super bowl okay so we both have the same super bowl um Mm. denver against seattle uh if anybody cares denver will be wearing their orange uniforms this year and seattle will be the road team i don't know if that matters but we'll keep that in mind seattle did whoop denver this preseason but none of that matters. Uh, I guess I'll go first. Super Bowl 48. Oh, man. Um, I know. I'm still waffling on this a little bit. I wrote Seattle. Um, I wrote Seattle back in July, and I wrote Seattle uh, about 15 minutes ago. So both of my brackets, I had Seattle winning. I think Seattle is a better matchup for Denver. I think they're they have a much better defense. I think their offense could play with Denver's defense a little bit better, but I I get John Fox is, I wouldn't put him in the upper echelon of coaches, but he's been good. I just, I don't know if I can trust Pete Carroll to, I mean, it's one more game, so it's, but Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll, a Super Bowl winning coach, doesn't make sense to me. Um, I don't know, I guess I'll pick Seattle, but that's with 51% confidence. Okay, yeah, and I'm in the same boat as you. I uh, I, I have actually both teams circled. I, I circled first Denver, <laughs> and then I circled Seattle. But man, I just can't I can't fathom having to watch Pete Carroll run up and down the sidelines if they win a Super Bowl. It's just going to make me nauseous. But I am actually going the opposite way here on this. Although I think Seattle's secondary is fantastic, I think Denver just has too many weapons, and I just don't see Russell Wilson keeping up with what Peyton Manning is going to be able to do, I think. Um, you know, Peyton Manning might have his classic playoff stinker game, but I just think that he's going to be able to to do enough, and I think that their offense is going to be so hard to stop this year that uh, I think they just outscore him a little bit here. And I think Denver's defense is, is going to be a lot better once Von Miller's back as well, and Champ Bailey didn't play the other night in that game that we saw. So I think this defense is actually going to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I think that they... They just barely outscore Seattle, and I'll probably change my mind on this after the podcast is done here, but I think I'll go with Denver. Well, I hope you're right. Um, I guess at this point, I got him that far, but mainly because he was playing um, at home and against the Bengals, and uh, Mm -hmm. Tom Brady hasn't played that well in the playoffs recently. I don't trust Peyton Manning at all Yeah, I don't either. in the playoffs, especially three times in a row. It was almost like how we used to talk about old Brett Favre. I mean, even when people were still in love with him, we would talk about how we liked it, but we didn't trust him to win three times. 
And I think that's kind of how it is with them. Although Peyton Manning on pace for 112 touchdown passes this year. <laughs> so um, maybe this is the year that he's going to put it all together. Uh, hopefully Matt is right with his predictions because I wouldn't mind Peyton getting a second ring or whatever. Um, I can't, I don't know if I want to follow an NFL that calls Pete Carroll a champion. Yeah, gross. Ugh, that is beyond gross. <laughs> okay, uh, the last thing we're going to talk about today, uh, since it came up, is our expectations for the Green Bay Packers. And if you listen to the earlier show, both of us thought that the Packers were going to win this division. Matt, with more confidence than me, um, I, I don't think they're going to lose this division this year, but I think it has more to do with how little confidence I have in the other three competitors, more so than how I believe the Packers are going to be. Um, and I, I probably rely on history too much. I, I guess I'm just going to go and I'm going to say what I think, and then I'm going to turn it over for to you. Is that okay, Matt? Yep, that's fine. Okay. I probably rely on history too much, but... The Packers right now are almost identical in, from a historical perspective the last seven years of Holmgren's Packers, um, just from everything, from their uh, ascent and their kind of slower decline. Uh, they've been with Mike McCarthy. This will be eight years with McCarthy, and it will be the um, what was that? The sixth year with Aaron Rodgers. They've been to the playoffs four straight times. Uh, they've been to the playoffs five times in six years, both of which are very impressive. They've lost a lot of key people, especially leaders. They lost Charles Woodson. They lost Donald Driver. They've lost Greg Jennings. They've lost some other guys that are some kind of cogs. And I just feel like this is this could be the year that they just don't put it all together. And I'm not saying they're finished, but... You've seen teams catch up with them, and it hasn't taken long from the Packers' offense to be completely unstoppable to just another good offense, and and that happens. But their defense is not very good. Um, You look at this Packer team, and that's the part that I was alluding to before, is that I I almost did a blog post, and maybe I still... I, I probably won't because I don't have time, and I wanted to do it before the season, but in almost every preview magazine, I see the Packers in the Super Bowl, or Packers winning the Super Bowl. NFL.com had five of their analysts pick Super Bowl winners, and three of the five picked the Packers. I saw another one on, I think it was CBS Sports, had um, they had the Packers winning the NFC in two of the five, and then they had them winning it once. Um, I don't know which games they were watching last year. I saw a team that was physically destroyed by the San Francisco 49ers twice. They were lucky to have to play Joe Webb in the playoffs against Minnesota because they had a tough time beating Minnesota the first time they beat him. Uh, Christian Ponder played horrible. That's why they beat him, and then they lost to him the second time. They had two tight games against the Bears. They feasted on some horrible teams last year in order to get to 11-5, and five, and this year they have murderer's row for a schedule. They have an unbelievably hard road schedule. They're going to have to go almost undefeated at home. I just think... I don't understand how people think this team is a Super Bowl contender this year. I don't even think they're close to a Super Bowl contender. Um, they'll, they'll, they're, they'll go to the playoffs, but I can't even envision a playoff run in which I can pick three games that the Packers can confidently win. I'm not saying they're a bad team. I'm not saying they're finished. But for this year, I think this might be the year that finally gets Dom out of town and gets them to rebuild some of these pieces we've been asking them to rebuild a long time, That whether that's A.J. Hawk, whether that's the 3-4 defense. Whether that's a bad offensive line that's been bad since Ted Thompson got here, um, 
I don't understand why people expect this team to be good. They can't run with any consistency. They can't play, they can't stop the run with consistency. They can't play good defense. Their special teams from a return standpoint stinks. Their special teams from a coverage standpoint stinks. And they have the worst field goal kicker in the NFL. The only thing they have is Aaron Rodgers. And that's not enough to win a Super Bowl. Even in a quarterback-driven league, you can have the best quarterback in the league and statistically one of the best of all times. That's not enough to get to the Super Bowl by himself. And I think that... Um, if the Packers end this season seven and nine uh, or eight and eight, I would not be surprised in the least, and part of me is almost expecting it. Okay, wow. So, uh, I, I mean, I, I definitely agree with a lot of the things that you said. Like I said earlier, I don't think there's any way this team is five hundred. I mean, really, they're going to win five out of six games of their division. I would almost guarantee it, at least five. So that right there is a big chunk of your schedule. Mm-hmm. Although the rest of it's very tough. You know, I can see them winning another, you know, the rest of the half of the rest of the games, and they're in the playoffs, basically. Yeah. So I think this is a, a good regular season team, but like you said, I just I don't see any way they can string together three or four wins in the playoffs with what they have. Aaron Rodgers is great. He's enough to win, you know, probably 10, 11 games in the regular season, but you know, there's so many other big weaknesses on this team that other teams just don't have. And we might have the best quarterback in the NFL, but a lot of other teams have pretty comparable quarterbacks, like the Saints or Denver, or New England, or even you know San Francisco. You might say with all of his well-rounded abilities, but mm-hmm. they have a lot more around them. So I don't know how you can expect Aaron Rodgers to completely carry this team to four wins when other teams have very good quarterbacks as well, but just a ton more to help them out with. They have defenses, which we don't seem to have much of one. I, I have a lot higher hopes for this team this year defensively than I did last year, but you know we'll see. It's a lot of young pieces and it's a lot of uncertainty as well. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, like you said, you lose some leadership. Maybe you get an upgraded skill a little bit since some of those guys were getting older. But uh, really, I agree with you a lot on this. I think we still go 11 and five, 10 and six, somewhere around there, and win the division because I don't trust Chicago, Detroit, or Minnesota to be very good again. Mm-hmm. So I think we get in and win the division and get a home field game. But I just I can't see them winning, string together that many wins against that many good teams unless they somehow catch a break with matchups. Yeah. Um, and don't run into San Francisco or or something like, or even New York or another team that they've had problems with. So I yeah. I can't see them making a run. I think putting them in a Super Bowl is awfully ambitious, even for a homer like myself that is always optimistic about the Packers. And I think this is the first year I haven't had them in the Super Bowl really. But I just I just can't see it. So mm-hmm. I I say a good regular season, um, fun team to watch. But I I can't see them making a making a run. And hopefully we're both wrong. Yeah, and and. It seems like the national pundits think we should be wrong, uh, just because of how good they are. And, and just going back to what you're saying, that you can't see them going eight and eight. And I think maybe that goes with the national pundits too. And maybe that's what's tripping me up is that this is a, you look at them and they do have talent at a lot of places. Like I said, maybe the overall collection of stars aren't very bright, but they have the brightest ones. Um, so they have Aaron Rodgers, they have Clay Matthews, they have guys like Jordy Nelson. I think when people are making the picks, the Peter Kings or, or the Ron Jaworskis or whatever, they just write down, oh, the Packers, look at this talent, they're 10-11 wins. But I want to say to these guys, and maybe that's what's tripped me up saying 8-8, eight 7-9, and, eight, seven and nine, is here is the schedule. Which 11 are they winning? And maybe that's the one, because once you actually see them and you have to pick which 11 of these games they're going to win, I can't get to 11. I can get to 8 with about two or three maybes and then four or five definite losses. And I think maybe that's what's tripping me up, and I think that maybe 
we go more in depth than that because we're Packers fans. We're looking at that schedule. Whereas Ron Jaworski says Packers talented, eleven and five. Well, Jaws, pick me the eleven they're going to win because I don't see which eleven I can put any kind of confidence behind them winning at this point. And and I did go through the schedule and got to eleven, but I, again, I did <laughs> I did pick them to beat San Francisco this game too, which I think you, obviously you didn't, and I think yeah. a lot of people wouldn't either. So mm-hmm. obviously going out on a limb with some of those picks, but they seem to do that. They'll beat these good teams. Like last year, we thought for sure they were going to lose to Houston when they were on fire, mm-hmm. and then we just came in and completely wrecked them. So we're good enough to. To, to beat a lot of these elite teams, just, I don't think consistently, but enough mm-hmm. to, I think, pick up enough wins to get, you know, the division and into the playoffs with 10 or 11 wins. So, it's, it might be a bit of a stretch, but I, I think they'll do it. I mean, they'll lose some games they should win, but they're gonna win some games they should lose as well. Yeah. Well, I, I hope so, and, um, I mean, going back to maybe that earlier part we said is, is, if they can win tomorrow, that might be a confidence booster that lets them steamroll the first part of the schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, cause that December, you got, uh, well, November, December, you have the Giants, you have, uh, you have Minnesota, you have the Thanksgiving game, you got the Falcons, you're going to Dallas, you're playing Pittsburgh, you're going to Soldier Field. I mean, and maybe that's me, and I, I'm just, maybe I don't have the comfort level with this team, but I look at those games, you say, uh, Giants, Vikings, Lions, Falcons, Cowboys, Steelers, Bears. That's only like half of their schedule. And I don't know if I can say confidently, you look at it and you're like, they probably should win four of these. But I don't know which four. And maybe you can't look at it that way, but it's like, they could lose all seven if you think about it. They probably won't, but they could lose five of those. And, and maybe that's where I, I don't necessarily think, I, honestly, I think they're gonna be about ten and six. But if they go seven and nine, and people on NFL Network are going to say, "What happened to the Packers?" I'm going to say, "Nothing happened to the Packers. Um, they just had rough matchups, and they're not that talented. And from week to week basis, they can lose. And I think maybe that's what I'm kind of trying to defend against: is that people are going to say the Packers fall apart. What happened right. to them? They're a bunch of bums. They went seven and nine. I'm like, they're not a bunch of bums. They're the exact same team they were. And I could have told you they could have gone seven and nine. I don't think they will. But I'm just saying that. This year, more than ever, this team is vulnerable for a bad season. Mm-hmm. And, and great teams always seem to have these years. I mean, you've seen it with everything. It, New Orleans especially, a very similar built team to us. Mm-hmm. They'll have these years, and, you know, I I guess if any year it's going to be, mm-hmm. I can see it being this year as well. Mm-hmm. Just uh, a lot of holes and a lot of uncertainty. So, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully we can get to the 10 and 11 wins section. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it happens. And I don't think there's anything wrong with the Packers. Hopefully they no. can make some changes if that happens. But I, you're, you're right. I don't think it would be like, you know, Aaron Rodgers has to go and McCarthy has to go necessarily if, if they get seven wins. I think yeah. it's just kind of the nature of what the team is. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not trying to say it's anybody's fault. If they go seven and nine or eight and eight or nine and seven or miss the playoffs as a ten win team this year, I don't, I don't think that's the worst thing. They've gone to the playoffs five of the last six years. Right. If they go six of seven, that would be like the best in franchise history other than Holmgren going six straight years. I mean, that's really, really hard to do. And there's no saying that they wouldn't have more motivation to go back and then right back in it in 14. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just saying that. It, it happens, and to just expect them, because they have Aaron Rodgers, to go every single year. I mean, they had Brett Favre at the same age Aaron Rodgers is now. If you go by the McCarthy and Rodgers kind of ages and how long they've been with the team, they are in 1999 on that Holmgren-Favre timeline. Mm-hmm. And Favre was 29 years old and still probably the best quarterback in the NFL. He had an off season and the team couldn't beat anybody. And so it, it can happen, and I guess... 
This is more of the frustration of just feeling like I'm going out of my mind seeing half of the predictions having the Packers win the Super Bowl when there's nothing I've seen from an on-field standpoint that would indicate that, and I guess I just needed to vent and um, see if maybe... I, I had to know if you were at least... You're usually super confident, and the fact that you're less than super confident... It's probably make, a bad sign. Yeah, it, well, it makes me think that at least I'm not going crazy, which is mm-hmm. all I was looking for. Right. Okay, well, tomorrow at Candlestick, Matt's saying a win, I'm saying a loss. I'm certainly hoping for a win, and it would be a awesome, awesome experience if they won tomorrow. I don't, I can't think of in the last, maybe since the Brett Favre Vikings game of a regular season game, I'd be more satisfying in winning than tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the game that I think back to as well. I mean, that, um, at least coming into the game, at that Saints game last year, I was just all kinds of fired up. At, but oh, that yeah. was because of what was going on in the game and some of the referees' calls and stuff. So, um, But, yeah, coming into the game, we've got to exercise some of these 40, 49er demons here. And, and uh, if we don't win this game, I'm, I'm just, I don't know, I'm just losing some confidence going into this because we're probably going to see this team again if we want to make a run. Mm-hmm. So if you show you know three times in a row you just get completely destroyed by this team, it's going to kind of have that feeling... You know, again, like, yeah, maybe we'll go 10 and 6 and 11 and 5, but how the heck are we going to beat this team or anybody else in the playoffs? So, mm-hmm. I would really like to see something tomorrow, or otherwise I'm going to be a little bit more concerned, but, uh, you know, it would be a humongous win and a big boost for this franchise, so mm-hmm. let's, let's get one tomorrow. Absolutely. And, uh, Having said that it might be like 1999, maybe we'll get lucky, and it'll be just like 1999 for when, for no reason, all of the best teams of the last decade sucked in the same mm-hmm. season, and then you had the Rams and the Redskins and all these bad teams that had been bad for years. So maybe right. we can get right. uh, the Buccaneers and the Panthers and the uh, whoever else in the just playoffs. Just the year of turnover. Get the Titans in there. And... Yeah, and the, and the Packers, and then we yeah. could feast on the Rams and maybe... Uh, we could beat the Rams and the Carolina Panthers and then go to the Super Bowl and have a real tough matchup with the Miami Dolphins and, and win a championship. All right, go kick Jim Harbaugh's butt tomorrow. I want to see spit flying out of his mouth, and I want to see that veins pop on his neck. And uh, we'll see you guys uh, next week. If you want to comment on anything, give us your thoughts. You can go to the Facebook page, Green and Gold Forever Podcast on Facebook. You can leave a comment below the podcast you're likely listening to on Podbean right now, or you can email us at greenangolepodcast at gmail.com. So, uh, Matt, regardless of what happens to the Packers tomorrow, uh, well, I was going to say how excited I am to have the season start tomorrow, but then I looked on the guide this morning, and I got to watch Bengals, Bears, or Lions, Vikings as uh, my game tomorrow, so I'm not too excited about that. Right, and I think Falcon Saints is on at noon, too, so it's things that we have to miss that one, but uh, mm-hmm. luckily enough, I've got the Red Zone channel, so I'll probably be watching that and hopefully catching some uh, some Jags touchdowns. Oh, God. Well, you're going to be waiting a few weeks if you're waiting for Jags <laughs> touchdowns. I actually I just thought of that. I have the I switched to Verizon uh, a couple weeks ago, so I I have the Red Zone channel on my phone, and uh, due to the Time Warner cable dispute out here, I don't get NBC, so I had to watch the second half of the Broncos-Ravens on my phone, and uh, I fell asleep doing it, which I never fall asleep during sports, so um, I don't know if that's a good sign about how difficult it is to watch a game on my phone, but at least I'll have some access to the greatness that I've heard the Red Zone channel is. I can't believe you still have Time Warner Cable. 
Well, I know. <laughs> I would recommend to any of our listeners out there to just get rid of Time Warner Cable right now if you got it. I hate them with everything I am. <laughs> I had some big issues with them a, a couple of years ago, if you can't tell, and I can't stand them. So I'm, I'm happy to have Charter nowadays. Well, I only can get UVerse because right. my apartment building only has those two, and I could just get UVerse. And um, I don't know. I'll have to do some more research, but I've heard their web speeds are kind of slow sometimes, and Basically, all I watch these days, other than sport, uh, sports, is Netflix and other streaming stuff on my TV. So I don't, and you got ten devices going. So we don't need to turn this into cable and uh, internet forever. But well, we already did our playoff predictions, so we might as well go for who our best internet and cable <laughs> provider is as well. Yeah, well, Directv is the best I've ever had. That was that was great. Um, okay, so maybe I'll switch my cable plan, but either way, we'll be back hopefully with news of a Packers victory uh, next week on Green and Gold Forever. Thank you for listening to this rather long weekend podcast, and enjoy the return of NFL football. Take care, everyone.